Here's the podcast, Project Connection. Welcome back to Project Connection, a Digital Alberta podcast. As always, I'm your host, Corey Seller, aka Sellercast. I'm joined by one of our new board directors, Nick Facey, who is a strong advocate for digital interactive technologies. Nick is the Senior Director of Innovation at Finger Food Advanced Technology Group, which was recently acquired by Unity Technologies, the world's leading platform for creating and operating interactive, real-time 3D content. We'll be talking about what this acquisition means for Alberta, as well as the gaming scene in Alberta, and how tech companies can position themselves to get more attention by the province. All things considered, how you been, Nick? <laughs> I'm doing good, Corey. Thanks for having me here. Uh, you know, crazy, exciting, hard, challenging days, kind of all of the above, but uh, moving forward. And I think that's something that uh, probably speaks true for Canada as well. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on this. It's great to have you on board. And uh which brings us to the, the heart of this uh, conversation is to kind of dive a little into your background and what we can expect moving forward uh, with the organization. So since moving to Alberta, uh, tell me about your experience thus far with Finger Food Advanced Technology Group and also what exactly do they do? So starting with Finger Food, we, I was out here almost every week for the entire year before I moved here, uh, working with clients. And a lot of that was on digital adoption, uh, seeing how they make use of emerging technologies. And one of the things that was quickly becoming very apparent was video games drives technology adoption and extremely usable technology. There, there arguably is no more demanding user than a 12-year-old video game player that expects to, to turn a game on and have it work exactly the way they expect it to with no glitches, with no funny bug controls, uh, with controllers that where the buttons are intuitive. That's the same level of deployment that should be happening in uh, traditional sectors as well. And it's not what we've seen. So if you see uh, a program in forestry, for example, it will have very much have been made for engineers, by engineers, with the end user probably never considered. And they have to learn how to use the software uh, to really integrate into their own job. So you're actually asking them to change their job. Whereas what we've found and what we've been helping companies do is take that same video game uh, UX, UI design methodology and applying it to their users. So that someone in oil and gas can very easily uh, use a tool that's making use of their uh, real-time data that's showing them their models in three dimensions. Uh, and then you get all the benefits that flow out of that. And the use cases are literally too many to name, uh, but I'm happy to talk about some of them. Uh, in terms of the culture here in, in Alberta, it's been awesome. Uh, the number of smart people that were already working on really hard problems is exactly why we wanted to move here. So it's to take engineers that were in another field for the first 10 years of their career and ramp them up into this digitization, emerging technology space. And that's been awesome. The project management scene here in Alberta is incredible. Uh, you know, running big budgets, uh, switching to kind of an agile manner, knowing that if you make a one-year plan, it lasts as long as the first punch in the face. And I think so, you know, there was a, a pretty lean team, about five or six of us from Finger Food that moved from Porco Coquitlam to Calgary. And the other 30 were all new hires from here in Calgary or nearby in Alberta. 
and very quickly, uh, like our office identity was very close to what we had in Port Coquitlam. Uh, very collaborative, very problem solving, and uh, the best idea wins, not the most senior person who spoke the loudest wins. So I think that was probably uh, somewhat representative of the scene in Calgary in general. And then of course, through Digital Alberta, I've got to meet uh, a whole bunch of the other people that play in the sector um, and just an incredibly positive experience so far. No, fantastic. Uh, that's, wow. Like it's, it's so exciting to just hear about, you know, that crossover. And I think that's something that I think for some people, it's taken a little more time for them to sort of see that crossover and that it is possible. And, you know, just quickly as a follow-up to that, um, I'm just wondering, do you find that there's a lot of conversations you have to have with different clients and you can give a, a one or two successful case studies, if you will, uh, because you said you, you could mention a couple, uh, as far as trying to convince more of the traditional norm, you know, how, how do you kind of go about, you know, convincing like this technology we use to make video games and, you know, the, the digital media side of, of the industry, how the fact that we're taking that technology and applying it to, you know, what we're typically used to seeing, but these traditional companies are using that technology and embracing that in order to enhance their experiences for their customers. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to Corey. Uh, so one of the, one of my longest running clients, uh, and a, a great leader in the innovation space here in Calgary is Suncor. Um, you know, they have an innovation lab that rapidly pilots and, and tests out ideas. And really, they're doing it exactly the way we would ask any client to, except it's just go to their, their people, figure out the problems their people want solved, because they have very smart people on the ground solving problems, doing their day jobs. And they probably also have the ideas for where the improvements can be. And then using them as the subject matter expert, experts, because that's one thing that uh, the technology industry isn't. We're not experts in oil and gas. We're not experts in the energy sector or construction. Uh, but what we, what we do know is what the technology can do. So when you put those two together, you can get some awesome solutions. And then the trick thing is just, you know, uh, I hate the saying fail fast, but it's get feedback fast, iterate, and get feedback again uh, until you solve the problem. And I think that's exactly the approach they're taking. And they've been a great partner for us uh, on that front. Fantastic. That's a great, great case study example. Really appreciate that. Probably might do a little shout out to, uh, to them on uh, social after. <laughs> so that's great. Um, so just kind of taking a bit of another step backwards again here. Uh, you came from BC and you continue to serve on DigiBC's board, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so comparing the two provinces, what has worked well in BC that you could see us doing? And then, you know, is there anything BC is doing that Alberta can adapt? Absolutely, Corey. So um, obviously BC uh, had the, in Burnaby, the foundation that became Electronic Arts. That isn't that dissimilar from what happened up in Edmonton with BioWare, in that you have this major cornerstone that is going to spin out many, many other companies. Uh, also an anchor industry supporting uh, you know, new grads, supporting the development of skill sets and the relationship with universities. Um, and you're seeing EA invest in Edmonton uh, with Unity uh, acquiring Fingerfood. You have another major tech player kind of moving into the Alberta scene. Microsoft has a very big presence in both. Um, 
and you're getting the benefits from that that happen pretty quick. Um, so the sector is growing very fast. Um, and we've seen one of the things we've seen happen in BC is that the price wars begin to become a comparison because capital doesn't really have borders. So what you're trying to do is where can the talent locate it? Uh, where can companies have good successful business? And you know, it's one, you know, is there an untapped talent market? And I think Alberta hits that mark. There's talent here that the sector is not currently seizing. And that's why you see people taking interest. Uh, it has some uh, maturing to do to be able to really handle full deployment, full studio, uh, and really scale into the you know a ten thousand person shop sort of thing. But that'll come. Uh, some of the stuff that we've seen in BC is that tight relationship between government, the growing their focus on growing the industry, and the post secondaries uh, commitment to having grads that are ready to do work in the industry. And that's not just on the engineering software development front. One of the big separators that BC has versus the rest of the country, I'd say all the way out until Montreal, is on the creative talent. So that's designers, artists, uh, content creators around IP stories, uh, voice actors, uh, all of interactive digital media needs a, a lot of, on the creative side. Uh, so at any video game studio, you can roughly expect a pretty close to a 50-50 split from engineer over to the, the creative side of the team. Uh, probably with a, a little 10% flux of guys like me on the business side. It, it makes for a really powerful industry in its merging of different mindsets. Um, and I think any industry benefits from uh, the neurological diversity, but this is a sector that absolutely demands it. Your video game will not succeed if you do not have a creative story it, making use of the, the awesome graphics or really cool gameplay engines. Uh, and then you know, just to circle it back to, you know, I, I focus on the heavy industry lead at my, uh, my, at my laneway at Finger Food and now Unity. And it's that, that same thing. How do you make sure that the designers are getting in the headspace and understanding what the user's problems are? And that's where there's really, really cool solutions. Sometimes they're, you know, the technology side is, is really hard. For one project I'm working on, Unity has a bunch of tools and it, it does auto ingestion pipelines uh, into real time 3D. And the file that the client gave me is bigger than any file Unity had seen previously. And the problems that that creates, it, it's actually a barrier for them to use other tools. So to, to, you know, I'd like my site in 3D, but when every bolt is you know, the equivalent of a couple hundred megs of data, and you're trying to get that to run in real time, well, you know, unless you're one, on one of the quantum computers, it's going to break your computer. So then you have to do a, a bunch of other neat tricks, once again, that video games are at the, the forefront of using compromised uh, computational power devices and getting to do crazy things. So like, you know, an Xbox or, or a PlayStation, they're, they're, in reality, they're fairly compromised computers. They have a good graphics card and everything else is somewhat limited, but they run really advanced games and give you a great user experience. And that's the same thing that we need to do with the data that's in the, in the industry side. That's true for ar architecture, that's true for aerospace, that's true for defense, and it's true for oil and gas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's really insightful. And, you know, obviously, I think, long story short, I feel like, you know, in these cases, you know, size matters when it comes to these different projects. And I mean, for the sake of the kind of hardware that you're working with to be able to work on these types of projects. I mean, just to be able to stream video games, I mean, I have to get a whole new computer. So, I mean, there, there, you see the differences of how much it can make a difference. <laughs> uh, it's also 
a really neat, as you develop some use cases, you run into considerations that uh, other technology deployment, especially video games, don't have to consider. And that's the intrinsically safe devices. So you have to have devices where uh, the battery can't come out because it'll create a static discharge around a combustible object. Or ones that have to be able to take repeated vibrations of, of a whole different scale than anything a, a video game system or traditional commercial uh, electronics are tested against. And so then you start merging together some other sectors. Now you need safety gear certified uh, for wearables on, and cell phones and tablets. And that, that's a really cool problem to solve as well. Um, and then of course, you have the time around security and deployment that you need these things to not last for you know the, the typical 18 to two, 18 months to two year commercial cycle. You need it to last for a five year industrial cycle before they replace the devices. Uh, and, and that's like, that's, you know, these are really cool, fun problems to solve that smart people like solving. Uh, and that's something I, I think that is also really important that is true for, you know, for Finger Food, for Unity, and I think for a lot of the uh, interactive digital media space, is these are fun projects to work on. So although video games, it might be the flashy edge of it, and it, it is, it's a great way to get people into this sector, into the technology space. Why do you want to learn how to code? You want to make video games. That's a great story to tell. But the same way they have fun problem solving problems there, they'll have fun pro solving other problems uh, that are different and they're fun and they're challenging. Uh, so smart people get entertained uh, and almost addicted to uh, that solving of problems. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, and kind of, you know, you talk about the the industry and how there's, you know, still a, a ways to go, I would say, within Alberta is concerned with the, with the, interactive side and the digital media space specifically as far as alberta is concerned right now looking at looking at it as a whole from your standpoint you know what is what really seems to be unique about alberta you know and is there specific advantages that we would have right now over provinces like bc or ontario uh, like absolutely is the answer Corey. oh uh, the, the first is the establishment of the of the of the giants uh, eating up the majority of the labor force. And that's not a problem. That's actually a huge benefit. It's going to increase the pool big time. But in the very, very short term, it makes a for competition of resources. So being a startup in a, in a market where there's no one to hire, that's very hard. Whereas the other thing is the available office space. Uh, you know, Calgary and Alberta is fighting an economic downturn right now. There's lots of office space available. That was something that Finger Food was very interested in. You know, we were fighting extremely high real estate costs in Vancouver. And able to, and even just the availability of the square footage to actually grow into. And here in Calgary, Alberta, there was quite a bit to choose from and of a, a very high quality. That's a very awesome uh, recruitment tool to have. This is where your desk could be. And it's not a desk someone else is already sitting in. Uh, additionally, the space is trying to grow, like the interactive digital media space, probably AR and VR, the, the whole 3D play, uh, very, very fast and on a world scale. So, you know, if, not only is there an opportunity to grow a sector, it's actually to stake your size of the pie and the pie is going to creep, keep growing. So if you're able to get 300 jobs in AR, VR next year, even if there's no incentives, if there's not companies fighting to grow it, that 300 will grow very fast, uh, probably faster than any other sector. And I don't think I'm being overly optimistic in making that guess. Um, you know, robotics is probably the only space that might fight ARBR in terms of its future potential over the next 10 years. And the same people will be the same programmers that do both and the same UX designers. Their skill set overlap across those. Um, and it's it's really fun to do. 
so we have a uh, a business partnership with Boston Dynamics. They are the definitely the leaders in autonomous robot navigation on uneven surfaces. That translates to legged robots instead of wheels. Um, and for a bunch of our clients, we're exploring the use cases. What would Spot the Dog do on an oil sand site? You know, how does it make it safer? How does it uh, do something that that way there, you don't need three humans out there, you need two and the expert doesn't have to go out to the field. Or before you do confined space entry, send the robot in and do the sniff test. So like safety front fronts are first and foremost, this is a robot can go all sorts of places, but talk about a, a cool place to explore because there's a whole other set of aspects that you get to, get to reference. So if you're not in Wi-Fi coverage, the robot could actually be storing your sensor data along the way and go back into Wi-Fi coverage with the cellular signal and send, it, send that cache information back. So really, really awesome solutions again, just emerging from combining these different technologies. Absolutely. And, you know, as long as we don't end up like that one episode from Black Mirror, we're fine. But I mean, you know, I really it's love what you do. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the, the passion that you're bringing to these answers. And it's it's obvious. And, you know, the, the future is bright. You know, we always talk about, you know, the future, like, well, what about now? We're still growing. OK, it's a process. It's going to take time. We can't rush this type of stuff. This episode has been brought to you by Spontively, an app that's helping connect people to their communities based on their interests, location, and availability. Download Spontively in the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's spelled S-P-O-N-T-I-V-L-Y, because building communities in the real world is a universal human need. Was there anything else you wanted to add from uh, the previous conversation or do you want to just jump into the next uh, thing there? Uh, so just in talking about the importance and the emergence of technology, I think I just want to say like one of the really cool things about technology and the tech sector already in Canada is that although it's new and emerging, it already is a very large percentage of uh, provincial employment. Uh, you know, it's up over 5% in BC. It's almost 5% here in Alberta. You know, in Ontario and Quebec, it's, it's you know, 7% range, uh, maybe even higher in Ontario now. Uh, and that's not, once I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but it's not by accident. Uh, people are doing things to attract the tech sector, uh, to invest in their province, because the, the legacy and the, the rate of growth it can, can be rapid right now. It also prevents the people that will work in that sector no matter what from going somewhere else to do so. Uh, that's That was a, a problem that uh, BC was facing kind of in the 2013 to 2017 range was the brain drain to south of the border. Obviously the proximity to Seattle and same time zone as Silicon Valley, you had massive capital just trying to scale companies at a very high state. Um, and I, I alluded to it earlier, capital doesn't really have borders. It's trying to find ways uh, to deploy properly is, is the one challenge that money has. Um, and I think you're seeing some good ideas emerge across Canada. So BC has a, a very established video game sector. They're trying to get it to grow at a sustainable rate. Um, they, they're also trying to get it so that more of the medium-sized enterprises can succeed there. And at the same time, 
line up to some other government goals. So you're seeing uh, diversification, uh, both of employees and of where the tech scene is happening. The Victoria and Vancouver tech scenes are both booming, but the rest of BC needs to see some of that same benefit. And it's not that people are there, it's just the company has to get see some incentive to move up there. And I say up because it's almost all, it's north of either of those locations. Uh, the true PI, <laughs> yeah, the true north. <laughs> out in PEI, where the sector is very small, but so, so is like most industry, admittedly, is a tinier province. Uh, they've got a, a job rebate program that I think there's in the, in the first year they're seeing some awesome success from. And it's just encouraging growth year over year from companies and making it a good place to put capital because there are smart people and there are good universities. Uh, I think that's an opportunity that exists right here in Alberta is if, you know, one thing that we as a province need right now is job growth, economic growth. So let's put a program in place that really encourages that. You know, the, the market will respond uh, if incented properly. So uh, that's one where the opportunities there, there's some models across Canada worth looking at. Um, you know, the states have the same thing going on. Uh, Texas does job, job grants. Uh, the entire West Coast has different types of uh, tax incentives. Um, I myself, I'm a pretty big fan of incent exactly what we want. We want net new jobs. Uh, and we want, to, we want them sustained and we want them to keep growing. Uh, so a job growth rebate would make a lot of sense to me. And that's a perfect segue into my next question uh, regarding the, uh, the government aspect, the advocacy towards government and government relations, which you have uh, previous experience with that uh, back in BC, as well as you're kind of bringing that moving forward with Digital Alberta and uh, the, with the government of Alberta. So, you know, we're seeing, you know, some indications from the provincial government that they'd like to focus more on diversifying the, the economy. What steps do you hope the provincial government will take to support tech companies and, you know, the digital side and the interactive spaces and all that? So, uh, I, I want to add just some context to my answer before I go there. So previously to join Fingerfood, uh, I was the chief of staff of tech and innovation in the province of BC and uh, one of the co-authors of the BC Tech Strategy. Uh, and it really does break it down to three super clear pillars, talent, capital, market. Uh, most tech companies are naturally export companies. Uh, it, it scales very well as a sector. So you just need to make sure that's encouraged and enabled. Uh, on the talent front, the tech sector is, uh, I believe the number is still over half of everyone that works in the tech sector uh, has a university degree. So that is something that as a sector is a little bit unique. Uh, it's unique across Canada for sure. So that, that's something that the university has to be a tight partnership with the sector uh, to, to enable that growth. And then of course, the kicker of it is why does everyone want it? What's well, the average wage? The average wage in the tech sector is, is over 70,000 a year. So like that, you know, I think the Canadian average is 47,000 a year. That's closer to double than it is the same. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why we want this. Um, and it, it's something that, you know, BC and Ontario have made very concrete efforts uh, to grow and attract. Uh, I, I think we're seeing the Alberta government go that same way. Of course, um, the oil and gas sector is, and energy is very well established here. It's been a very, very good sector to the province for a very long time. So it makes sense that that's the primary focus of the government. 
it just is a matter of getting getting some room to see the growth of another sector because having two pillars, two bases, wouldn't that be awesome as a province? Uh, and that opportunity is there. No, absolutely. And I think to really showcase Canada even more so from Alberta standpoint to have tech as another key pillar of what our province is all about and what we represent, I think would, you know, create a, a whole new legacy, I think, moving forward uh, for various industries that can all benefit, including the energy sector, uh, for sure. So yeah, I guess it's just really a matter of time at this and point. I wanted to, to talk about is, and we spend a lot of time in video game and a lot of time on some uh, emerging technology integration for some traditional sectors, but they're like, some other sectors are inherently very, very close to the interactive digital media sectors. And that's things like aerospace, advanced manufacturing, uh, engineering and design, like the, it really is very, very closely coupled. And then the one that I think Alberta probably has a, a very good stake at is the petrochemical and pharmaceutical manufacturing front. You know, uh, currently uh, not not fully integrated between the two. It's not quite a tech sector yet, but it's exactly going that way. And that's one where the skill sets I kind of alluded to earlier will transfer from video game to pharmaceutical to petrochemical to aerospace. It's a lot of it's the same developers, the same designers. You're just kind of spinning up, and that learning and that cross pollination is going to make every one of those sectors better as well. Yeah, drug bank uh, popped into my head on the pharmaceutical side. So yeah, just, you know, marrying everything all kind of together is what tech is really helping to do. So yeah, just having that as a pillar moving forward is going to be fantastic, you know, with the uh, the proper support, of course. Uh, and to kind of add on to that as well with your involvement uh, with Digital Alberta specifically, uh, got a bit of a two-parter here. Uh, what made you decide, first of all, to become a director for Digital Alberta? And the second part is, what, what do you hope to bring to the table moving forward with how everything is sort of shifted? Because obviously looking at the organization and the economy and the industry as a whole in the province, looking at it even just three years ago or two years ago or even a year ago it has shifted drastically, you know, pandemic aside, it continues to, to change rapidly. So I guess first and foremost, why digital Alberta? Um, so when I was looking out at, uh, for kind of an industry association uh, that spans the entire province, uh, digital Alberta was the obvious choice. So the two things that are important there are it expands an entire sector. Uh, we don't want to do is pick the companies that are the winners and the losers. You want to create a province wide, playing field to encourage and incent this growth. Um, that also just helps play on uh, people's actual abilities and the outcome of their results. Instead of saying, hey, finger food, we want you to grow. It's, hey, tech sector, we want you to grow. And by not picking that winner, you'll actually get more winners. Um, and also less bad investments or bad incentives used improperly. Um, and then second thing, uh, what do I hope to bring to the table? Uh, my easiest answer is shared goals. I think there's way more goals in common that the tech sector, the interactive and digital media sector have with the government of Alberta and kind of the entire province than is initially on the surface. And that's something I learned about the sector in BC. And I know that it's already true here. 
even in my early talks with EA and Improbable, the and that's the same goals they're trying to build towards. It's just how do you talk to government? How do politicians uh, understand this sector? And it's always a bit of a learning curve. Um, and we need to admit that we don't understand them either. So it's, you know, let's build that relationship. Let's open the kimono a little bit to share what we're both trying to do. And then those items where we align, let's go drive those. Um, and I think there's a real tendency to focus on where we don't align. So like, you know, to a whole bunch of video game companies, doesn't make a difference if oil and gas thrives. Well, most of the world, no. But here in Alberta, chances are the household might have one person who works in the energy sector and one person who works in video games. Uh, one, that'd be a pretty cool reality to settle in on where you want both to succeed. Uh, and then two is just showing that that shared benefit of both can actually really drive a society forward. No, absolutely. And quick follow-up to, you know, your involvement with Digital Alberta. Just just so uh, people have a, a grasp as to what specifically you're, you're doing within the organization as a board director, uh, touching on the new monthly briefing that uh, we're publishing on a regular basis now per month, we started off with this month of, of June from a note from Scott, our president, uh, Scott and I from Improbable, specifically with some of the things that he talked about as far as what we're up to and things like that. Specifically, what are some of the things that you've been involved with in particular that, you know, obviously is no surprise based on your interests and your background that people can uh, get an idea about? So Scott and I were invited to uh, the task force with, or the roundtable with Jason Kenny, talking about the announcement of the uh, state of emergency and let, you know, that was all of the industry or industry association leaders just getting a heads up from the premier, what to expect, what government is forecasting, uh, what to talk to your members about, what is your biggest concerns. So, you know, right away we got to the table and we just shared from a high level what the outlook was going to be. Uh, that was a, a very big step uh, for us and to advocate for the industry. Uh, it's also that chance where the premier gets to hear that this sector isn't doom and gloom, even in these very challenging times. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that's, that's a needed voice around a room with a lot of people trying to figure out a, a path forward because it doesn't exist yet. Uh, you know, in the interactive digital media space, it exists. And there's an opportunity for some good news uh, that, you know, I'd say the world needs right now. Um, additionally, uh, this is a sector that has uh, gotten in full support, I think would be the only way to summarize it, of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, it's one that I think a lot of people have been more impacted by and felt a deeper relationship with than they expected, uh, myself to totally included. Obviously not a racialized person, but seeing it uh, and how systematic it is roll out, I've been really encouraged by seeing the investments that the likes of... Uh, play in Vancouver rolled out. They're a, I think they're under 50 people and they donated a million dollars to the cause. Uh, EA doing two for one matching and plus a million dollar kicker uh, US on what their employees are donating to. Uh, you know, Unity here uh, and Finger Food, we, we've donated to the food bank and to some of the other challenging associations going by because there's an economic crisis going on as well. So you're, you're seeing some of the benefit of the tech sector and the fact that, you know, the the companies do believe in building a good society at the same time. Uh, and that's been really important to see too and to communicate to the Premier some of the solutions that technology brings. Uh, we actually had a great conversation around, imagine if we couldn't jump on Microsoft Teams or Zoom uh, or even Skype 
So if this was 10 years ago, pandemic would have been so much harder on everyone. Um, you know, really online video games weren't nearly as widespread as they are now. So the, the impact and how much harder it would have been on us has been drastically reduced by technology. So that's kind of a, just, it, this is a, a, a very bad situation that has highlighted some of the benefits. Um, so th some of the other things we're doing, uh, we've been surveying our members and making sure we understand their current state, how they're impacted, uh, how they can use help, and what are their barriers to growth. So uh, obviously we're, we're gonna be a member-driven organization and the getting to the table with the government of Alberta and how they can help grow this sector is really my main goal of, of why I joined Digital Alberta and something that is really exciting to be part of. And when you find your partners in government, it's a, it become a great relationship. It gives them something to talk about, gives us something to, to drive and see a lot of growth out of. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it's, it's so exciting. And really, it's, I, I feel that sense of pride to see how far Digital Alberta has come in the span of almost the two years that I've been with the organization. You know, just the, the dramatic shift. You know, obviously the pandemic had a huge thing <laughs> to contribute to that, but nevertheless, it's been so impressive, you know, with the new board coming in and just the, the real government relations focus, I think has been a huge player with that obviously to address the economy and everything moving forward. But, you know, it's, it's great to have folks like yourself on the board now moving forward, because obviously there is that sense that we're going to get shit done. You know, it's, there's going to be accomplishments Amen. and, you know, we're going to, we're going to turn this boat around and steer tech at the head of the fleet. So it's, yeah, I keep thinking of Assassin's Creed Black Flag in that reference now. So, uh, <laughs> or parts of the Caribbean, if you're not a gamer. I mean, whatever. But <laughs> it is a good point, though, Corey. The um, one of the the greatest cultural aspects of most of the startups, and when I joined Finger Food, it was, I guess, towards the edge of a big startup in the in the low '60s. Um, is that get shit done mentality? It's uh, it's not someone else's problem. Uh, especially if you have, have an idea that might help solve it, it's probably one you should go to and, and be part of the solution. Uh, and that's one that I hope I bring to uh, Digital Alberta. It's something that I'm having a great time with at Unity as well. Um, just given their flywheel, their ability to make products that finger food simply could never have done, couldn't have done the investment to bring something to the market, to, to build the tech out. And it's that same mentality where there's some incredible opportunity uh, and I think you'll see the benefit in the traditional resource space, uh, which is Canada's backbone uh, from a close relationship to you know, companies like Unity deploying this technology and actually building the products for them. Oh, for sure. I think that's all I have for you, Nick. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And again, welcome to the Digital Alberta team. Cool. Thanks for having me, Corey. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I've, you know, every time I've chatted as uh, my role at Digital Alberta, I've had a lot of people reach out and it's helped building the network. It's making new friends and it's actually really just showing me uh, how big the sector is already here in Alberta. And just it, there, there, was, there is a need to organize and uh, move it forward. And I think, you know, we're doing uh, the right thing at the right time. So thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I couldn't agree more with you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Project Connection and another edition of The Director's Cut. If you're interested in telling your story, we want to hear it. Email us at podcast at digitalalberta.com. From Digital Alberta, I'm Corey Seller.